Lord, teach me how to increase my shield, how to thicken my shield by putting the word on it. When I put the word on it, every fiery dart is quenched, has to be quenched, because the word, which is like water, the word which is like water, it just increases within me. Come on, the rock, and he struck the rock, and the water came from the rock. But who is the rock? But Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the rock. He's also the water, the water of life. We need to put the water on it by putting the word on it. We get washed by the water of the word. that you really know is the word that you actually walk in. It's the word that you use, right? So knowing the word means walking in the word, not just memorizing it. Believing the word is a shield and confessing the word is a sword, right? See, the devil can't talk. The devil cannot talk without you. In other words, you have to give him your mouth. You actually have to, you have to actually open up your mouth. The devil can't talk without you giving him your words. He actually can't speak unless you let him speak through you. When you yield to the, to the enemy, what happens is, is that you're allowing him to speak through you. He can't speak unless you let, you let him. See, we got to put a guard over our mouth. we got to put a guard over our heart. But we got to put a guard over our mouth. And as we do that, your speech will be less. You'll talk less. For some of you, you're going to talk a lot less. Because you're going to realize, hmm, I want everything thought, before the word is spoken, I want every thought to be filtered through Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So the devil cannot talk without you, right? Stop giving him a voice. Say, I'm going to stop giving him a voice. I'm not going to let him talk through me anymore, anymore. So let's just take doubt and um, unbelief. When we speak doubt and unbelief, we're giving voice to the devil. We're allowing the devil to speak through us, to get our hearts, to grip our hearts, right? Our sword, which is supposed to come out of our mouth, and our shield, which is in our heart, what we believe, our, our shield can get stronger and thicker. We're going to talk about our shield here today, all right? So I'm going to turn to Ephesians 6. And if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6. I'm going to read to you the chapter first of Ephesians 6, or at least most of it, because it talks about putting on the armor of God. We're going to start in verse 10, though, talking about putting on the whole armor of God. So Ephesians 6, and starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the schemes of the devil. Put on the armor of God. That's our instruction, right? Then it goes in verse 12. It says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against one another. We know that, but against powers and principalities, against spiritual rulers in the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We are, the battle is a spiritual battle. Say it's a spiritual battle. Stop fighting against your spouse. I'm going to stop fighting. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Uh, starts telling us about the armor. Starts telling us what the armor is. It's full of peace. So we just listed all these different parts of the armor, right? But look at verse 16, because in the morning, they'll say, I put on the helmet of salvation. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the belt of truth. I put on the gospel shoes of peace. And they think they've put on the armor of God. They did not. They went through a little ritual that maybe they learned when they were 
in Sunday school at some point in time, but that's not really putting on the armor of God. That's not really what it means. What we need is a revelation of what this means. What we need is how do we really fully arm, allow ourselves to be armed, fully armed, clothed with the armor of God. Because, you know, I can say, I put on, I put on, you know, and, I, you know, and unless I have a revelation of what this really means, it's not going to do me any good. Look at this next verse, because it says, above all, above all, he says, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay, right there, the shield of faith. It says, with the shield, you're going to quench. With the shield, you're going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. I'm going to continue to read before we talk about that shield. Verse 17. And then it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer. See, people stop right there. They go, okay, I read the whole thing. No, you didn't. Keep on reading. Keep on. Look at what verse 18 says. It says to pray always. You can sit there and put on the helmet of salvation. But unless you're praying always with all kinds of prayers in the spirit, being watchful, being watchful, it says to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, it says here, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's go back to verse 16. Above all, after he lists all these different armor, pieces of armor, he says, above all, take the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Well, your shield, sometimes in the Bible, shield is also referred to as a buckler. Your shield and your buckler. It's the same word. And, it, and a shield is to protect your body, at least for Roman soldiers in, in Roman times, they would protect their body from the fiery darts, right? Fiery darts were weapons that were launched against them to literally just kill them, right? And so, but if they had their, their armor on, then the fiery dart would not be able to penetrate. Now, we're not walking around with this type of weaponry on the outside, but it's still a spiritual armor that we need to put on because the fiery darts are still being launched our way. But we have to understand how to really combat this and how to walk in this. Amen? And my prayer is that tonight you're going to have revelation. Amen. So I went through and I looked up some scriptures on the, the, on the shield, and I'm going to just quickly read them to you. Genesis 15, verse 1. Genesis 15, verse 1, it says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Do not be afraid. I am your shield. Number one, we see that the Lord is our shield, but he tells us not to be afraid. Okay, so we understand that the Lord is the shield. I want you to put your, your name in there. Do not be afraid, Gabby. Do not be afraid, Michael. I want you to put your name in there. S speak it out loud. Do not be afraid. Speak your name. I, the Lord God, I am your shield, your exceedingly 
great reward. He is not just your shield. He is not just your reward. He is your exceedingly great reward. That's a promise, Marie, that he is uh, he's exceedingly great. The shield that he is about us, he says, I want to be your exceedingly great reward, much, much more than just a reward. So we see that in Genesis 15, 1, he tells us not to be afraid because he's our shield, and it's a shield that has a promise attached to it. The promise is to have a great reward. 2 Samuel 22, 3. 2 Samuel 22.3. You can write these down. You can open up your Bible. That would be great. Then we'll put the scriptures up. God is my huge, my Savior. You saved me from violence. The shield is your, is your forward shield. So he's, he's your stronghold and your refuge, your Savior. And he saves us from violence. These are promises that we... Verse 31. As for God, his way is perfect. He's putting the word in my spirit that now I get a revelation of that word. And when I walk around, I literally walk around with the shield of God's glory. There's a shield of God's glory. You know, glory, and we have, we experience the glory of God in this room all the time. And I would assume you also do on your own time of prayer and such. There are times where you release the glory of God, the shield of God, a cloud. Moses talked about the cloud of glory and the, the same, right? So the shield of glory, now remember, we're talking about the shield and the armor of God, right? I want, to, I want you to see the parallels. In Ephesians chapter 6, we are told that with the shield, we're going to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. But I told you, you need a revelation of how to put that armor on, right? So in the Old Testament, we hear about the glory of God being like a shield all around us, right? And the glory of God is something that grows. The glory of God, is, it grows as you stay in the Word, and as the Word becomes so real to you that it becomes what you know. Remember, it's the Word that you relation to you. Nobody's going to be able to change your mind because you know, you know God, you know the Word, you know it works, and you work the Word, and the Word works you right? And so the glory of God starts to, because it's a shield and it's all around you, it starts to become thicker. It becomes thicker. Your shield, actually like your armor, becomes stronger, right? There are areas in your life that you already have a very strong shield. I would assume for many of you here in this room, there are areas in your life that you, your shield is strong and you never doubt. It, you know, the Lord's word in that, in that area. Let's take salvation. For many of you, you know that you know that you are saved. You have an assurance of your salvation. You don't wonder if you're going to wake up and go to hell. You know that you're saved. It's not an area that the enemy can even torment you, right? Is that not true? In that area, your, your shield is strong. It's thick because the word of God has been, you put the word of God in there and you know without a doubt that when you die, you're going to heaven. You have an assurance of your salvation, right? For many of us in this room, we know that we know sickness is not from God. We will not tolerate sickness. We don't accept it as God's way of trying to speak to you. We don't accept it as God's punishment for you, right? That's a lie. And so for many of us in this room, we know that when we see sickness, it does not come from God. It is not God trying to teach you a lesson. We know that God is actually the healer. Jehovah Rapha is his name. God doesn't have, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have dementia. He doesn't, he doesn't, he is not, you know, psychotic. He's not today here and here tomorrow. He's over there all over the place. What he says, he says, and what he means, he means, right? And so his word says, I am your healer, Jehovah Rapha, my body. We know the word of God. There is in that area, for many of you, there's no question about 
what the will of God is. Your sword is strong. It's thick. You know there are different levels of thickness, even in a natural shield, right? You can have a really thin shield, or you can have a thicker shield. The shield is thick when you put the word on it. The more word, the thicker it gets. The less word, right? The, the thinner your shield becomes. And so what happens? The thinner the shield becomes, the more ability the enemy can send his fiery dart. The more ability that the enemy can send his fiery dart and find a place to, to, to penetrate. But what's glory? Think about glory. In Old Testament, talks about the glory of God. The clouds came down and it just literally saturated. There's water. I've experienced this many times. The glory of God, like liquid love. And, and literally like just a cloud all around me. And I saw it with my own eyes. And I knew that I was being cocooned. I knew that I knew that the glory of God was all around me. I was literally in a bubble. In a bubble. You know those memories, and not memories, those visions that you have with the Lord? They stay with you. God is teaching you something from his word. This is all biblical. He's teaching you something from his word. But this vision that I had, I literally saw myself enclosed in the glory of God. But it was the cloud of his glory. It was like, and what are clouds? But moisture, water, right? But look at what the word says. What happens with, this, with the shield in, in um, Ephesians, right? He sends forth fiery shields, fiery shields. What does the enemy send? Fiery shields. But if you're walking in a cloud of glory because you've put the word on it and the word is so strong in you, when the fiery darts are sent to you, they meet water. They meet the glory. When it meets the water, when it meets the glory, it gets quenched. It gets put out. The importance of us really walking with that shield all around us. If you don't know what the will of God is in a certain area of life, get the word on it. When you get the word on it, you are getting the glory realm of God all around you. No weapon formed against you will be able to prosper because the word will protect you. People just want to live, you know, in a place of emotionalism. Well, I just want to pray. I just want to speak in tongues. That's great. And there's a place for it. And you see, we operate in all that, of course. But unless you are training the members of your body to really stand on the word of God and let that word go forth, you're not building that sword and that shield. I mean, that shield is not being thickened and it needs to be thickened because the enemy would take advantage when you don't. Does anybody, did anybody get a revelation here today already of what the, of what that shield is supposed to do. You know, because let's think, let's, let's face it, you know, elementary school, we, or, you know, we put on the helmet and we go through the song and you put on the belt and you put on, and it's cute, but then you don't, it doesn't strengthen you any more than you did before you sang that little song, right? And you go all throughout every day, every year, and you're thinking, why isn't the armor, I put the armor on, you know, but two minutes later, it's like I didn't do it. Well, it's not this ritualistic little song that you go through, but it's an understanding that my mind is the mind of Christ. You're going to get indignant. You're going to get militant about this. I have the mind of Christ. I just put on the helmet of salvation. Amen. 
I didn't say I put the helmet of salvation on. I just spoke to my mind. I spoke the word of God over my mind. I just put on the helmet of salvation. You know, I have the, the breastplate of righteousness, God's righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I just put on. I just put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's the word that you're going to put on you. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says to clothe yourself in Christ. Are we clothing ourselves? If I clothe myself in Christ, then I'm literally clothing myself in the word. And you know the thing about that? It's not just an external clothing. It's an internal clothing. It's external, but it's internal. It's both. It's the cloud that's out here, and it's the glory that's also in here. And you walk as a sanctified saint. You walk as one that is so sold out. You know, hey, let me tell you, it's not that, you know, the enemy does, just stops trying. But you just have tools, and you know how to combat him every single time. Amen? You're getting strong. Say, I'm getting strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm going to quickly give you these other scriptures, and they're about the shield, because I just want you to write them down. So Psalms uh, 3, 3, it says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I love that, because he's the lifter of your head. He's shielding you. You know, the enemy wants to put condemnation. He wants to put, you know, discouragement and doubt and disbelief and everything else. But you know what? The Lord says, I'm the lifter of your head. As a matter of fact, I'm covering you with the shield, and that shield is going to lift up your head. Say, no more shame. I'm not walking in shame. He's the lifter of my head. That scripture, you speak it out loud, your spirit starts to rise up, starts to grow. Psalm 512, it says, For you, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. Shield with favor. Say, I'm surrounded with favor. You are surrounded with favor as with a shield. Notice how it says surrounded? Let's look at that again. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. God is your forward guard, and he's your rear guard. He's your rear guard, and he's your forward guard. With favor, he is surrounding you. Everywhere you go, you're walking in the favor of God. How do I know that? Because I just put the word on it. I put the word on my life. I spoke it. Speak it over your life. The word does not return void. God is not a man that he should lie. His word does not return unto us void. So who has to do this, though? We do. We need to do this, right? So it takes, it takes discipline. It really takes discipline. But the more that you start doing this and disciplining your life to do this, the stronger that you get and the faster you see the acceleration. Like at first it might seem a little hard, but as you do it more and more and more, you will see the acceleration. The Holy Spirit will lead and help you, absolutely, because it's his will. But we have to step out and be diligent, and we have to be um, disciplined to do what he's called us to do. This is really, truly putting on the armor. This is truly how to do it. And uh, Psalm 19, 91, sorry, Psalm 91, 4. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. His truth is your shield. What is the shield? His truth is the shield. That means the shield is the word. And I've been telling you that the whole night. The shield is the word. The more word you put on a situation, the stronger you become, the less and less and less will the enemy be allowed to fire those fiery darts against you and actually succeed. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 
So wherever you have no knowledge of a certain topic, you have no shield. And we know that Hosea 4.6 says that we are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. But say, that's not going to be me. Because I got the word of God and I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it so much that the word of God is now in me. Say, the word of God is now in me. And every day, I'm going to be faithful to put the word of God in me. Every day. Every day. Hallelujah. So, where you have little knowledge, little knowledge of the word, you have, you have a weak shield. Wherever you have little knowledge, you know. But wherever you have a lot of knowledge of the word, then you're going to have a strong shield. And your shield will grow as you as you put the word on it. So I was thinking about that, and I thought, let's see, like a practical example, you know. The, um, there's a scripture in 1 John, 1 John 3. You can write this down. 1 John 3, verse 21 and 22. 1 John 3, 21, 22. And it says this, if our hearts, if our heart does not condemn us, I want you to hear this word. This is going to help somebody. Say it's going to help somebody. Say it's going to help me. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. That whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. Let's go back to 21. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So what happens is when our heart condemns us, we lack confidence towards God. When we lack confidence towards God, go back to verse 22, our prayers are not answered. Whatever we ask, we receive from him when our hearts do not condemn us. Do you see that? Whatever we ask, we receive from him. The verse before that, verse 21, said when our hearts don't condemn us. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Go to the next scripture. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because our hearts didn't condemn us. But the problem is, is that many people live in a place of condemnation. Their hearts condemn them. Therefore, then they don't have the confidence to approach God. And they don't ask as they should. And they wonder why they don't receive as they should. Because their hearts are condemning them. But what they should do is learn what we just went over today what you now know which is in in first uh, John 1 9 maybe we can put up first John 1 9 because it says this and this is true for every single one of you and it is true no matter what you do if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness if we confess our sins he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. He forgives and he cleanses when we confess. What the enemy wants you to do is just beat you up. He wants you to beat yourself up. He wants you to stay in condemnation and guilt and shame. And he doesn't want you to get past that so that you could sit there and sulk in your misery. Your heart condemns you. You don't have confidence towards God. You don't even bother asking. Or if you do ask something from the Lord, you ask in such a sheepish way without any faith that you don't really receive half of what you could be receiving simply because you didn't allow the shield of faith, uh, which is what? I just read it to you, 1 John 1, 9. Oh, I'm going to confess my sins. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and he is just 
to forgive and to cleanse of all unrighteousness, right? See how simple this is? But you've got to do it. We must do this. See, fiery darts can enter. What's a fiery dart? Guilt, shame, condemnation. That's a fiery dart. But if you have more word on your heart and on your spirit, and you say, oh, no, I'm not going to allow unconfessed sin. I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow uh, guilt and shame. I'm not going to allow condemnation. I'm not going to allow this to remain within me. And if it's there, I'm going to confess it as sin. When it's confessed as sin, the fiery dart has just met the glory, and it gets quenched. It totally gets quenched. He, the enemy loses his grip. Isn't that powerful? Hallelujah. So we're going to thicken our shield by getting the word in our heart. And we're not going to allow the enemy to condemn. And whenever you do feel condemned, you're going to say, I'm going to find the word of God. I'm going to repent. It's the word of God, which is literally Jesus. Isn't that crazy? It's literally the living word is within me. The living word lives on the inside of you. And the living word knows exactly how to combat the assignments of the enemy that come against you. Wherever you go, gosh, I just feel like I'm in this fog. You know, that, that state of being in a fog, it doesn't come from the Lord. Confusion, I would call that confusion. Confusion doesn't come from the Lord. Tell that confusion to get out. You have the authority to do it. All authority, God says, I have given unto you. All authority. To trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing but shall by any means harm you. Luke 10, 19, right? So all authority. So you have authority to command that state of confusion to leave your mind, to leave your family, to leave your household, doubt, fear. What about fear? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Anytime you feel fear, what is fear? Intimidation. He's a liar. Fear is a liar. Intimidation. Fear is intimidation. Fear, fear, fear is also timidity. Fear is, people call it anxiety, right? It's all fear. It is all fear. And it does not come from God, but it's there to rob you. It's there to rob you of God's confidence. But that's not who you are. You're not going to be robbed of God's confidence. Because the confidence that God wants to give us is like the righteousness of God. The righteous are as bold as a lion. The Bible says the righteous are as bold. You are as bold as a lion. I'm going to have you stand up right now. Say, I'm as bold as a lion. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm as bold as a lion. The wicked, they run, though no one's chasing. But the righteous are as bold, as bold as a lion. Father, teach me to put the word of God within me. Lord, teach me how to increase my shield, how to thicken my shield by putting the word on it. When I put the word on it, every fiery dart is quenched, has to be quenched. Because the word, which is like water, the word, which is like water, it just increases within me. Come on, the rock, and he struck the rock, and the water came from the rock. But who is the rock? But Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the rock. He's also the water, the water of life. We need to put the water on it by putting the word on it. We get washed by the water of the word. Is that not true? Amen. So, Father, I thank you for the revelation that came forth tonight. I thank you that they're strong. They're strong in the Lord and the power of your might, Father God. I thank you that what you did, the salvations tonight, healings, deliverances, God, we give you all the glory. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Yes, praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Amen.